For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sticks of Sense podcast. I'm Lucas with Jonathan, and our special guest in his first time coming back after leaving the podcast, none other than our friend Uriah. Uriah, welcome back. What's up, guys? I yeah. am just I am just a phone call away or a text away or a message or however you want to get in contact with me. What's up? What's up? Man, a lot we of since you left, man. We had Chris on last week, and of course he rubbed our face in it about Joker. And uh, yeah, yeah. But so we figured we have you on next off season, and uh, we just want to check in on you, see how you're doing, and your thoughts about the Sixers. Oh yeah, I have plenty to say. Except I don't, I didn't watch too much uh, summer league, so I'll, I'm not as versed in that at this point. I've seen a couple highlights, but all the, the other stuff, I'm good. Am I the only one watching summer league? Like, come on, guys. it seems that way. It seems that way. And I'm not even an editor anymore. Come on, guys, it's too bad. I usually, I usually watch it. I've just been really busy, so you guys will fill me in. And but Man, all the both me and you are both on vacation right now. We don't have to work right now. There's no excuse, sir. There's, there's no excuse. I'm sorry. Uh, all right, I'll let you tell it. But, but I look. I can't wait to talk about Paul Reed. I see we got some free agent stuff coming up. Let's get to it, guys. Yeah, let me. Uh, we'll start with Paul Reed. Obviously, the news that will. All right, it's 7.10 p.m. just to give the listeners um, a timestamp because this will be resolved by the morning when the podcast comes out because we have until 11.59 to match. Paul Reed received a $23 million three-year offer sheet from Utah. So being a restricted free agent, obviously the Sixers have the ability to match. But Danny Ainge put a poison pill in the match in the offer sheet. Yes, he did. And if the team that Paul Reed plays for in 2023 or 2024 makes the conference semifinals. Paul Reed's contract is guaranteed for three years, which the Sixers cannot do. So let's start there. Lucas, Uriah, you want to go? Go first. You're right. Uriah's the guest. He goes first. You know the rules. Yeah, it's new for me to be a guest on the show. But I look, Paul Reed is everything that philadelphia wants in an athlete someone who comes in works hard dedicates themselves to their craft and lays it all on on the line and you know all the post-game interviews were interesting you know talking to talking about himself in third person that's what paul reed do a guy who sells sweatshirts from the locker room immediately after the game hundred dollars a pop 
So Paul Reed brings an entertainment factor, a hardworking factor. As far as what the Sixers are going to do, I think the writing's on the law. Uh, writing was on the wall when they uh, got Mo Bamba, and obviously the re-signing of Montrezl Harrell. But I, I don't <laughs> think the Sixers are are going to be able to match that. The vibe that I get, and I saw that he retweeted the whole uh, ESPN tweet about him uh, signing an offer sheet with Utah. The fact that he retweeted that. It's like, all right, man, this guy, he's, he wants to move on. He wants minutes. He wants to make a name for himself, get out of the shadow of Joel Embiid. So I, I don't think that the Sixers are going to match. I think he wants to leave. I I don't think they will. Like you said, and we'll talk about more about the Mo Bamba, Montrez signings in the next segment. But I look, if they were going to match, I feel like they would have done it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Daryl Morey's not an indecisive guy. He's pretty decisive when it comes down to it so i i think with that poison pill provision and the not it's not a provision it per se i mean it's just you know if it becomes guaranteed it's a tradable contract let's be clear it's no we're not allowed there's a no trade clause in it lucas not for the first year for the first year no i think once he's guaranteed he's not able to get traded no 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 it's only for the first year it's no it's 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 he has a veto he has a veto on the first year because the first year is guaranteed. But okay, I, it, yeah, it's not. No, there's a no. Nobody's doing a no trade clause after the Bradley Beal shenanigans this past <laughs> last year. So that's that's not happening. But my point is that I just don't. I think it's a tradable deal. You know, even if it does become guaranteed. But I mean, the Sixers have been not. A lot of teams have been doing the you know, player option for minimum on contracts this year. The Sixers are the only team that has not done it for their free agents. So in that regard, I think they're just trying to leave space open. I mean, look, they're not even extending Maxi. So clearly there's something, something in the works here. I don't know what. I'm not going to pretend like I know what. But I just, I don't think, I think Paul Reed's gone. And he'll be a good backup for Walker Kessler. I, I think that's, you know, Walker Kessler's going to, I think, Chris is going to be laughing when he listens to this, but I think he's going to be a uh, really good center in Utah, probably maybe even better than the one that was there before him. I'm hoping. So, um, you know, we'll see. But uh, Paul Reed's not going to get much more playing time than what he would behind Joel, in my opinion. But we'll see. Yeah, so it sounds like all three of us agree that the Sixers will not match again. We'll know in a matter of hours. But Philly did kind of develop Paul Reed. He was the best backup, I think we agree, behind Joel, at least so far in the Embiid era. Do you think that... Hold up, hold up. Do we agree on that? Because my money's still on Andre Drummond. I... Okay. Uriah? Uh, You said Drummond or who else? Paul Paul Reed. Drummond or Paul Reed? Who would I rather have? No, best... Oh, best Best backup backup for Joel. Uh, <laughs> that's a trick question. That's a trick question. It's, I think it's a toss-up. I, I, as great as Paul Reed was the past season and a half, Drummond, when he was here, he'd get you, what, 20 rebounds in the game and defend the paint. Uh, neither guy shot the three, so that's a wash. But I, I do think that the energy that, that Paul Reed brought, and he definitely demonstrated more touch around the rim as – the last uh, few games of the season and postseason came around. Uh, the Boston series, he seemed lost. I don't know what happened, but but I uh, say it's a slight edge to Paul Reed. 
Okay. Yeah, well, I disagree, but okay. We'll go to other players, and you can touch on any of these players in whatever order, but do you think Philly failed in not retaining some of these other players that were starting to develop on their team? I mean, Shake Milton has obviously been on the team the longest. Isaiah Joe, Julian Champagne, Charles Bassey. What are your guys' thoughts on those players? I'll just say that I remember writing for the site uh, whenever, whatever year that Isaiah Joe came out of Arkansas, and I, I looked at his player profile and definitely analyzed what he brought to the to the team. And I just saw him have this completely natural, fundamental shooting form and his technique, flawless, uh, little thin. So strength was like, you know, was this guy going to be able to launch it from 20, 22, 24 feet? Uh, but as you could see in OKC, he's doing just fine. Shake Milton, I've been loving Shake's game since he came out of the G League. Sad to see him go. It's disappointing to know that Doc Rivers couldn't find a way to get him minutes, especially after he really blossomed in November last year. And I think he averaged like 20 points a game uh, in like a 10-game stretch. Bassey, uh, still the jury's out on him. Champagne, I, I really wasn't impressed, even though he's having a good summer league. But I, I think out of those four players you mentioned, Jonathan, I, I would say, oh man, I'd say Shake. I, I think had they figured out a way to keep Shake, he he has shown that he's a solid backup. But he's off doing better things in Minnesota. I'll say this: if J the James Harden thing played out differently, which we'll talk about later, but like if that played out differently, I could see a reality where you would have a Shake. Tyrese backcourt, and I like it. And look, I I think that Shake's either a high end backup or a low end starter, you know, depending on the team. Um, kind of fits in that Tyus Jones category, I think. And um, you know that that was a big loss, especially for the price that they had. But clearly, he wasn't going to get minutes behind Tyrese Maxey and James Harden. That just wasn't going to happen especially with Doc Rivers. So I understand why he left. I don't think that was more about role than money, in my opinion. And I think he has a chance to supplant Mike Conley at some point during next season if Conley showed more, shows more regression. He's, he's like 36 years old now. Um, Isaiah Joe's the big one for me, guys, to be honest. Um, yeah. The guy, he's six, what was he, six six, And he can he's now become an integral part of the... Thunder's future as like a sharpshooter off the bench can go off for like 15, 18 points all on threes just coming off the bench. The guy's, you know, sharpshooter and he can defend. So, that, you know, I think that this just goes back to the whole entire Doc River refused to play young guys unless they absolutely made him, which I think Tyrese Maxey's. I mean, look, Doc has not had a history of playing young guys unless they're like really good. I mean, Glenn Davis. Um, back in Boston and every Bradley. I mean, those guys were, you know, Glenn was overweight, but like they just, he was just such a dominant force out of college. And then you had like every Bradley who was a long term stamp in the NBA, Marcus Smart, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, DeAndre Jordan. Like, you know, young guys don't usually play under Doc. Those are like the only few examples I can think of. Same thing with Charles Bassey. He was starting to look really good as a backup in uh, in San Antonio before he had the ankle. I think it was was it Achilles. I'm not. He had to get surgery. He's he's going to be out for a while, but he's good. 
Julian Champagne, last couple games of the regular season, averaged like 20 points a game for the Spurs and has been killing it in summer league. I think he's a part of their future. And he's 6'8", and he's a shooter. And he's athletic, and he's big, and we just gave up on him too quick because he didn't look great in summer league last year or the G League at the beginning of the season. Guys need time to develop, and Philly just doesn't have the patience for it. So I, I, you know, it was certainly on Doc in the past. We'll see if Maury, I mean, it looks like it's on Maury again because we're losing some key free agents. George's Niang, Shake Milton. Who else am I missing here, guys? McDaniels, McDaniels. And we traded Matisse Seibel for him, and we let him walk. And we could have afforded both of those guys in free agency if we really wanted to. Either one of them, guys. Yeah. They weren't being paid ex- extraordinary amounts. Yeah, quick plug, Stuart. Great article about um, the value on the open market, clearly speaking to Matisse being a higher value target than uh mcdaniel's so oh yeah no I, that. I, yeah i definitely was building off of that yeah that was a good article by Stewart. shout out to you bud but anyway so talking about the sixers the free agents that the sixers lost we're going to grade the deals that the sixers got on the free agents that they signed so uriah first free agent pat bev what's the grade that you give the sixers for signing him to a one-year minimum pat bev for the one year minimum, uh, I give it a give it a B minus. He has toughness, experience, uh, a little on the annoying side, uh, you know, especially you if you're in the Philly, opposing just, team. He, yeah, but he's his personality is perfect for Philly. Well, I don't know, man. I I just think after all the disappointing seasons, we've seen everything come our way from young players to to veterans to guys that are gonna you know, uplift us and get us over the hump. I don't see how Pat Beverly is really going to get us over the hump. He's not over the hump. He's just a nice role player that you can have come off the bench and provide some toughness. He was a real catalyst for Chicago's late season run. He's a good locker room guy. I, I love it. Uh, I'm yeah, get, I don't know. So, I give it a B. I give it a B minus. I give it a B. Yeah, I was going to go B plus. I, I agree with your eye. I don't know if it's a, a big impact, but I, especially on the floor, but I agree with you, Lucas, like, Locker room for sure. I think PJ Tucker proved last year he can get in Joel's face, and not many people can do that with him being the MVP. And I think uh, Pat Bev maybe not have the same effect, but being able to just like just rally the troops, I think I think a B plus is appropriate. So, we'll see so Jonathan, I want to I want to ask you real quick. Can, it just hit me. PJ Tucker is still on the team with Pat Beverly. Those two guys are dogs. Get in your face, scrappy. Like, do you think, how do you think they'll coexist? Cause their personalities seem very similar. Yeah. I don't, I think there's going to be some like flare ups and temp, like tempers flying. And honestly, at points on the court, it may look like it's a problem for the Sixers, but I think those guys have that kind of intensity where it's like you can come at each other one day and practice and then just show up the next day. And it's no big deal. I, mm. so I think it could look toxic. Um, but honestly, in the end, I think that they both are professionals. They've done this long enough. I, I don't think it'll be too much of a problem. All right. Yeah, I, I don't. I I think they'll work it out during training camp. There might be a few fights in training camp. That's about it. I'm not. I'm not worried about it outside of that. Um, I'm going to give it a B plus too. Like I said, I don't. I think the on court stuff. You know, he's not as much of a shooter anymore. Um, and he is getting older, so defense is going to be a question moving forward, I guess. But I I do like it. I give it a B plus. Just locker room stuff, like I said before. So the next one, Uriah is, of course, Mo Bamba, former sixth overall pick by the Orlando Magic. 
I don't hate it. Uh, would I rather have Paul Reed get minutes after Embiid instead of Mobamba? I would say yes. I, I'd be curious just to see how Reed would do under Nick Nurse. But since we're talking about Mobamba, the guy is he's grown skill wise over the years shooting. He he, he launches the three. I, I remember Orlando playing the Sixers, I guess, a year and a half ago and just was knocking down everything. And Joel Embiid was just shaking his head. I don't recall exactly what his role was or how effective he was in L.A., but considering if Reed goes, I'm okay with Mo Bamba being a good backup, rim protector, doesn't need to dribble much or create, just protect the rims, shoot some threes. I give it a B plus. I think you're right. That's a good call. Earlier in the podcast, you were saying like that was kind of the writing on the walls. Maybe they knew Paul Reed was going to get an offer sheet that they might not match. I think – we're going to flip on this. I'm going to go B minus uh, just because like, like he was hurt, obviously going to LA. Um, so it's been almost a year since I think we've seen him like actually competitive. I, I don't know if he came back to the end of the play, end of the playoffs, but um, I think he has talent, but clearly he was what pick number six overall and being a free agent that, that doesn't speak great to him, but who knows, maybe with dedication, working behind Embiid, he could, he could pick his game up. So I'm going to go B minus here. I'm actually going to go A- minus here. Of the remaining free agents at the time, he was one of the best centers on, available on the market. I mean, outside of like Christian Wood, but I don't know if he's going to be a center or a power forward next season. I, uh, By the way, prediction time real quick. I think Christian Wood goes to Miami and starts a power forward for them. Um, that being said, I, I think that he was one of the best still available. It's either like him or Myers Leonard and like, I mean, they're both good in my opinion. And I think I said on the last podcast I prefer Myers, but Mo Bamba does have upside. He, he look, he had 32 against the Sixers on six of eight threes made, and was going toe to toe with Joel. Granted, Joel had like 50 that night, but like it's, I I like the upside gamble. He's 25 years old. He's seven footer. We haven't had like a legit seven footer behind Joel in a while. Like even Drummond was like six ten. So like. Having a legit seven-footer is nice. And I originally thought he was going to be the third-string guy behind Paul Reed. And, you know, I was I was loving that. Second-string guy, I'm not sure if I love that. And that's if, you know, Nick Nurse doesn't play Montrez over, you know, over Mamba, uh, just, Bamba just because, you know, James Harden prefers it just like Doc did last year. We'll see on that. But. I, I give it an A minus. I, I really like Mo Bamba as a player, so I'm I'm okay with it. So the last one we're going to talk about here, guys, is Montrez Harrell, which I think we were all thrown for a loop on that one, right, Uriah? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> me I tell you what, me and Jonathan were saying that we thought he was going to be in China next year. Yeah, we, on the podcast, like. Four days ago, I this is the second time in a row where we said something that on the next pod comes back and it's like, I, seriously, I thought he was going to China. I tell you what's crazy. I would the guy who I'd rather have, who's not in the NBA, who has more skill and uh, has more size. Uh, I'd rather have him, and that's Boogie Cousins. Why not? He's not going to be on him? a team with James. He's not going to be on a, get a team with James Harden. They have too much bad blood from Houston. Oh yeah. That's true. Sorry, but anyway, sorry. but look, Montrez Harrell, I, I give it a, a a a D, just a solid D, because I, I'm sure he'll there'll be moments just like last season. He'll come in, grab some nice offensive rebounds, and 
and put up some some nice numbers, meager numbers for the minutes that he gets. But overall, he's not a difference maker. And to take up a roster spot, nah, I, I would have waited and given that to someone else. I give it a D. Yeah, I'm going to go along too. probably give it a D also. I mean, I think what we were like, man, can't believe this guy didn't pick up his option. Like, is he self-aware at all? Well, clearly he knew better than us because I'm pretty sure he got $300,000 more than what his opt-in was. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, like you said, Lucas, I mean, you think Mo Bamba, good move if he's the three. Now he's the two, likely, and Trez is the three. It's not great minutes behind Embiid. Uh, so probably, yeah, going with a D. I'm going to go with an F. Look, Montrez, he can get you 20 points if he gets – he's like the biggest, like, if I play a lot, I can score a lot, but if I don't play a lot, I can't score a lot, and then what do I give you besides, like, the occasional hustle play? And so, yeah, no, I don't love it. I mean, I get, I guess the only positive that comes from this is continuity. So with that in mind, I'm going to give it an F plus. <laughs> yeah, I can get behind that, Lucas. Um, all right. So we talked a little about summer league last, last week. So we're going to stick with it. A couple more games. Do you think we'll go to Lucas first or, you know, we'll stick with Uriah. Do you think Jaden Springer impressed and that he could play with uh, the real team this year? Yeah, from the the highlights that I saw, it, I, I recognize it from the G League. I would go down to Chase Arena in Delaware, uh, Lucas's old neck of the woods, hey, and I would, hey. I would I would I would cover the Blue Coats for Philly Sports Network. And I'm sitting there, and I'm seeing Jaden Springer get all types of minutes, all types of touches, really thrive, especially on the defensive end. When I saw him, you know, during during the season. As far as what's been going on in the summer league, I think that's promising. I think now that uh, there's more space on the roster, he might smell minutes. And I think that can do a lot for a kid like him in terms of his confidence, knowing his role. Even if that role is like 10 minutes a game, he knows what he's there for. That's to defend and that is to make make things happen. Not necessarily pull up and hit threes and, and drive the lane like Maxi does, but I think Springer, and I know Chris would love to hear me say that I might get some real estate on Springer Island, but I, I think him showing promise in playing the way he is right now, that's a great thing for the Sixers. So with Jaden Springer, the, let me just go over his stats real quick. So he's aver- during the summer league in both summer league series so far, he's averaging 17 points on um, 40% shooting from the field, 21 per shooting from the three-point line, but is averaging two and a half steals and one block per game too, which is pretty darn good for a young athletic wing like him. He's only 6'3", and one of the key plays that he's made in summer league so far is he blocked a shot like parallel when somebody was going for a layup. He was like parallel to that person, like sideways, and he caught it like with one hand and came down with both of it. So that was really impressive. But for those that are worried about his three-point shot, uh, it was a little bit better in the G League last year. Was at 31.9%. So essentially 32. He still has a way to go with a three-point shot, but I think Uriah is right. He's probably going to sniff minutes a little bit more. I don't think we'll see him as as often in the G League as we did in the past seasons because I think Nick Nurse is willing to play young players a little bit more. Yeah, I think you're right. And so obviously touching on the backcourt there, if we go to the front court a little bit, Philip Petrosev has uh, got some good minutes in the summer league. So what are our thoughts here? You think Philip Petrosev can give some minutes to the Sixers this season? 
I'm going to let Lucas elaborate. I I didn't I don't know as much about Petrusev as I should. So Lucas, go ahead and hop on that, bud. So let me go over his stats first, just like I did with Springer. So he's averaging 10 points and 6.8 rebounds a game and about uh, 0.8 blocks per game and roughly about 22 minutes a game. So that's honestly pretty solid stats. You would expect that for a good solid backup in the NBA. He's shooting uh, 60% from the field and has made 50% of his three-pointers, but honestly, he hasn't attempted that many. So it's, you know, about, he's attempted about, Two. So, you know, not not that surprising. Well, I mean, does he have range? Maybe. We'll see. Uh, he's still a little bit slow defending the perimeter. But in terms of interior defense, he he has he has a solid base for that. He has good instincts, good shot blocker. I, I expect him to be solid. I don't know if he's going to get that NBA contract now because Montrez is there. And so is Mo Bamba. I, you know, he could take over a two way slot i i definitely could see that or that he could just go back to europe for another year i'm not i'm not sure we'll see i i yeah, think there's I, positives there yeah I, I haven't seen too much like your eye but what i have seen he looks raw he's got some talent um with the right coaching maybe yeah he could he could get a little bench time but we will see what about two uh current two-way contract guys anyone sticking out to you lucas or your eye you're right. Do you want to go or do you want me to take the reins on this one? No, you but, got it. You got it. Okay. So before I, before we get to the two-way guys, I do want to talk about two other guys that are on the Summer League roster that aren't on two-ways because they honestly have impressed me a little bit. First, I want to talk about Javante Smart. He's played for some other teams in the past in the NBA, but currently right now, um, I mean, last season he played – no, two seasons ago he played for the more – uh, Milwaukee Bucks and Miami uh, Heat. Now, like I said, he's playing for the Sixers in the Summer League. Uh, this Summer League, he's averaging 14 points on 50% shooting from the field and 33% shooting from deep. And he's averaging about four assists a game. He's a saw, you know, he looks like a solid prospect. He's he's roughly about 6'4". He's like, I, I, I like him. I like him. He has a little bit of flair to his game. And then the other one I want to talk about is um dj stewart now he he's the one that's really been impressing me he hasn't made an nba roster yet um but he you know he's been in touch with the kings in the past he's played on their summer leagues two years in a row now he's on the sixers uh this uh summer league he's averaging 11 points on 42 percent essentially 43 percent shooting from the field and check this out 41 percent shooting from downtown on three attempts per game so, like, the guy has an outside yeah. shot. He, he's, I think he's six one, so he's a point guard. Um, Playmaking-wise, he, he still needs to work on that. He's only averaging about two and a half assists a game, so the playmaking's not there. But the outside shooting's there, so that's something to keep an eye on, maybe for the Bluecoats. Now to get to the actual two-way players here. I haven't seen much of that, um, oh, gosh, what's what's his name? Uh, um, Ricky Council? Council? Uh, the big man, the big man. Um, well, yeah, I'll start with Council. How about that? I'll start with Council. Council has looked solid. Uh, the outs- the three-point shot is not there. He has not made a three yet, but he's shooting 40% from the field. He's averaging 11.8 uh, points per game, uh, solid rebounder, almost five a game, and uh, one block per game, and he's only six fours, uh, no, six six. So, like, he has some skills. He's a smart player. I like what I'm seeing from him. Yeah. And then uh, 
Terquavion Smith. He's he's the guy that I'm really keeping an eye on right now. He's uh, shooting 38% from the field, but also 38% from three, uh, almost 39%. The guy has an outside shot. He he plays fast. He's averaging a st- uh, 1.3 steals per game and 1.3 steals a block. Uh, block. I mean, 1.3 blocks per game too. Uh, the playmaking, he has a little bit of playmaking with 3.8 assists a game. He is 6'4", so he can probably play either guard position. The biggest problem with him, as we know, is his weight. He's listed at 165. The guy's really kind of a, a small player in terms of like just overall size. But, um, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens there. The last guy is the Lithuanian guy, and I'm probably going to butcher his name here. Azulas Tublis, I, I think that's how you say his name. He's nailed, six it, nailed it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. He's only played in three games. Uh, he started one and he like did a two towers things with Petrusev in that game. He's only averaging uh, 2.3 points per game and 2.7 rebounds. He's not been, I mean, he's average, you know, he, he's made like the one three point attempt he's taken and he's shot 50% from the field. But honestly, he's only averaging like 11 minutes a game. So he hasn't had that much time to really, you know, show off all that much. Uh, you know, one other big guy, he's not on a two way, but Greg, uh, Greg Brown, I think that's how you say his name. Greg, uh, is it Greg Brown? Yeah, Greg Brown the third. He's, uh, he's actually been, he's actually caught my eye a little bit. Used to play for the Trailblazers. He was, I think, a second round pick for them. He's six seven, but he played. He's essentially a, a big man. He they have him listed as a power forward, but he's really just a center in disguise. Um, summer league wise for the Sixers, he's you know he's averaging about um, eight and a half points per game and about three uh, rebounds per game. Not really a strong rebounder, but a really good finisher around the rim. I like his finishing, but you know, he's undersized and he doesn't really rebound that well. He does. He has, he's good defensively besides that, but just not enough size. Sorry. I went on a long tangent there, guys. <laughs> no, we appreciate that. You're the one who has the knowledge. Lucas. Uh, I just use MB, uh, GM lab, uh, is it GM? What, what was the name of that website? I just told NBA you. To go GM. Uh, no, not NBA GM. It's called uh, Real GM. Real GM. Real For those GM, that want baby. summer league, you know, if you guys want in-depth stats, Real GM or Basketball Reference, both are good. But if you want more summer league stuff, go to Real GM. They're better at it for summer league stuff, particularly. No plugs, though. Of course, I'm just saying this for me personally. <laughs> Real GM should pay me if they get any more traffic, though. They absolutely should. All right, let's get into the all-NBA general free agency news, right? Yeah, let's definitely jump into that. So, Uriah, we got to know your Dame Lillard thoughts. Uh, Where's he going? Are we getting him? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I just, before I just say that, I just want to say that he's the most interesting case, I think, maybe since LeBron in terms of drama being brought to a city and a fan base. You think about what Cleveland, you know, they made it to the finals in 07. And LeBron gave them all he could. And then, all right, I want to go to Miami. Who wouldn't want to go to Miami and live and play, right? Or work. But Dame is different because he was the one pounding his chest and putting out rap songs, talking about loyalty. And now he is literally demanding that he play for the team that just represented the Eastern Conference (laughs) in the finals. Complete opposite. I'm thinking, how do you flip like that? So for that reason, he's very, I don't know. He's not going to come here. I think his agent has put out there. He doesn't want to play for anybody but the Miami Heat. So I don't even think Loitered is a, is a talking point. Would I like him on the team? No, because he's 33. Really? Yeah, he's 33, <laughs> has, an, has an injury history. And I just, I just, I, I'd rather have, I'd rather have uh, Zach Levine. Oh, uh, okay. Blasphemous, but no, no, no. I, I actually kind of agree with you in the whole entire. I rather because I remember I forget who was talking about it. It was I was it Bill Simmons or was it somebody? It might have been Bill Simmons talking with somebody and uh, talking about how like Zach Levine's on a similar trajectory to like Ray Allen. So if, like Zach Levine because he has the he has the sh- outside shot to do it. He could become like a marksman. He like specialist for the Sixers if he came to Philly. And then, the and then, the and then you got to consider if Lillard comes here and he's teaming with Joel Embiid, I'm assuming we still have Maxie. If, if no, we part we, of that. That, that's no. not happening. You have to give a Maxie if we get. Okay. All right. Then there. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah we're not I, mean, be I, think, a- I think we knew my take on Dame was that I think that like Embiid and Dame is just like one of the most elite Two men game, like two men player games that would be in the league, but you just like I think I said last time you don't know if I don't know if they get any better. Like I don't think they get that much worse, but you don't get because that any better. Lose really, you lose a lot because you have to give up Maxi Harden and maybe Tobias. Likely, yeah, exactly. So three three starters to bring in a guy, and then you're you're giving up your future. Three and then starters. you got to consider you got to consider his injury history. I think James Harden is pretty much the same age as Lillard, and we already yeah. have seen that Harden has lost a step. He's declining, so we don't know what Damian Lillard is going to be this season or the following season, and that that would yeah. give me trepidation. Speaking of James Harden's decline, he actually accepted his player option and demanded a trade. But what do you think will happen with James Harden moving forward? Do we trade him? Do we keep him? Does he hold out if we keep him? Like, what what should happen? What's going to happen? I I predict that he will be moved to move him before the start of the season. I I don't know what what you know what is the motivation for these guys in terms of how quickly they want to get this done or you know see how much more money they can get. 
but I predict he'll be traded. I think the Clippers will be involved with the transaction and maybe somehow another team like Chicago or Brooklyn. You, you, really, you really want Zach Levine, don't you? I really do because I was at, went to a Sixers game this year and I think he put up like 50 points on us. And I was like, man, it'd be so nice to have him on this team. Cause once he gets going, he is lethal and, and he can, he's not the best defender, but I think he crosses off, checks a lot of boxes for what the Sixers need. A guy that can close a game, not turn the ball over, get extra flustered like Embiid has shown the past few seasons. But yeah, I think he'd be a great fit. And I and I think that Harden will be moved at some point. When I, you guys would know better than me. No, I, yeah, I mean, I I thought it was going to be pretty immediate. Um, even though Daryl Morey's not like reactionary at all, I thought like based on the relationship, maybe they'd been talking about this couple weeks before uh, the opt-in, but I agree with you, Uriah. I think he's moved before the season. I I can see a path where he comes back. Um, I just don't think it's very likely. I'm just afraid that if they don't trade him, he might do that quiet quitting again where he comes in like overweight. Fat suit. Fat suit. Fat suit. (laughs) I said, Jonathan, you're on Instagram, right? No, I am not. I thought you were on Instagram. I thought that's how I we was. Did. I'm off now. Oh, shoot. Because I found a really funny clip of like Dame being like, somebody did like, you know how like they used to do Game of Zones? It's not Game of Zonesy, but it is like, like a cartoon, like drama in the NBA type thing. And like they did like Dame t- held hostage by Portland and he's like <laughs> calling James and James is like fat eating. Uh, I forget what he was eating, but he was like fat. He had like a beer belly hanging over his uh, like popping out of his jersey. He was and eating was like, how, lemon. How did you? Uh, I don't know. By the way, Lou Williams has officially retired. Shout out to Lou. Shout out to Lou. Sweet Lou. Sweet Great Lou. player. <laughs> hey, let me give you guys a real like I, I've been watching NBA obviously longer than you guys. So when he was a rookie. I remember watching him play in Utah. Uh, someone shot the ball on Utah, probably Darren Williams, whoever. And uh, Lou, who's only six feet tall and was like 160 pounds back then, he blocked the shot. Then in the same play in transition, got down the other end and caught an alley-oop dunk. That nice. just shows you how athletic Lou Williams was yeah. and his his contribution as a six man of the year for for the Clippers. He did his thing with the Sixers. He's one of the best of all times. He's one of the best. Absolutely, absolutely. It's either it's either him or Jamal Mur- uh, Jamal Crawford. In my I was about to say Murray. No, Jamal Crawford. Probably still J- Jamal Crawford, but I mean Sweet Lou isn't far behind. I yeah. can't think of very many six men that were better than those yeah. two. And I actually met Sweet Lou, Lou Williams, and uh, shook his hand. And his fingers were like maybe three inches longer than mine. It was wow. ridiculous. It's like uh, it was. It was like wow. That, no wonder he's such a good shooter. <laughs> it's crazy how these NBA guys are built. It's just like, were you made in a lab or something? Like seriously. Oh, yeah. uh, but no. Um, going back to the James Harden thing. Uh, so, so James was just like, I just got. Came in fat and didn't really try. And then, like, you know, then uh, Damian Lillard got the phone taken away from him. And, like, yeah, it was, it was funny. I'll, I'll send Uriah the clip and I'll send you the clip. But anyway, uh, so, Uriah, let me ask you. Out of all the offseason moves, which one has the biggest impact? 
or was the be- or the best move, whichever for you the, want to do. Or, uh, for the or Sixers or for NBA? The NBA in general. Oh, NBA. Wow, the biggest offseason move. Yeah. Oh man. Uh let's see. Or the, or the most impressed, like the the one that will have like the biggest impact. Or you can do both questions. I'd say the I guess the Bradley Beal. That, that okay. was a that was a summer move, right? Uh, off season. Yeah, 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 that counts. Just because you look at you lose Chris Paul, who was aging. Yes, he was a great floor you were general. Get rid of Chris Paul. You were probably going to get rid of Chris Paul either way, but at least you got something back for him. Yeah, but but I think my point is, it was he averaging fourteen points a game last season? Now you bring in another twenty point score to play along with KD and Devin Booker. It's going to be even more challenging for opponents to face that team. So I, I think that really shifts a lot of momentum uh, in the way of, of Phoenix. Yeah, so I think, all right, this is kind of a two-parter, but I think the trade that was the Chris Stapps to Boston and Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies, I think that oh, okay. I think Chris Stapps is the absolutely – like the necessity that Boston needed. I truly do. And I, I know they don't have a leader in the locker room anymore, but on the floor, I think that team looks great. Like truly Chris Stapps, Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Robert Williams. Then you got White, Al Horford, Brogdon. I just think like the roster construction, they're, they're just a lot better stretching the floor. And I think that's a better fit. But I think it's underestimated because people are thinking, like talking about Chris Stapps being the big like piece in that. I don't think it's been as much reported about uh, Marcus Smart going to the Grizzlies, like obviously been discussed, but his impact is going to be huge, like absolutely huge. And they, they had Steve- an adult, they needed an yeah. adult, and they have Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson coming back. Like they were the two seed without two of their starters, one an all star, and now you're getting an absolute dog who is like the heart of a team and can keep the team in line. I, I truly think his impact is going to go beyond the floor, and I just think the Grizzlies are not going to really fall off like people think. So I think that trade altogether is going to have pretty big impact on the NBA. Yeah, that, that's that's a really good one. I'm not going to say one move, but one team that really stuck out to me were the Golden State Warriors because it was like a combination of three moves that really impressed me with them. The first one was trading Jordan uh, Poole. Because that was the locker room cancer. They got it out. Jordan Poole put up numbers in Washington. Cool, whatever. You got back Chris Paul. Chris Paul fixes your bench problem. Because they their bench sucked during last season. So you have Chris Paul organizing that offense. They'll be fine. And he's a good leader. And gives Chris Paul a really good chance to win a ring. Which brings us to our second move. Bring back Draymond. Draymond got the contract he deserved. He got one more payday. He got $100 million. Good for him. He's probably not going to be worth it towards the end of that contract, but that's okay because they're still trying to win. And then the last move, which is actually they added a former process member. Do you know? Do you guys know who that is? No, who? Dario. They got Dario. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, good for Dario. So that I I know that's not one move, but that's just like the like making those moves. Dario's a stretch big, and he's not like small like Jamichael Green or Kayvon Looney, who are like both under like six eight or like six eight or under. He's actually six ten, so that's actually or six nine. He's he's an actual big man, so that's good. 
So, Uri, what was the worst or, you know, like, yeah, no, I'm just going to say the worst. The worst offseason move that you saw in the NBA. I know some people are going to say I'm crazy for saying this, but I think the worst move that is really going to blow up in the face of a shark <laughs> who uh, is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and that's Ooh. Kyrie Irving. As oh, much okay. as, okay. as as skilled as he is, and I've seen him play in person multiple times, he is amazing with the basketball. But with everything going on from controversial things he posts on social media to his stance on certain uh, political issues or health issues, what have you. And Stephen A has been riding him for years, but you got to say to yourself, like, how committed is he to his franchise if he's not available to play? So I think that's going to come back to bite Dallas in, in the butt. And uh, they'll get some good highlights out of them, but that's about it. So that's a good one. I, I'm going to disagree with you on that one, but I'll wait until Jonathan's done the rebuttal. All right. So I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, I think that they don't know what they're doing. I think like, oh. you, you okay. have young, you have young talent that you want to develop like Eamon Thompson and, and Jabari Smith and Jalen Green, Alper, Alperin Shingoon. And then you're just going out and I know you have to hit like a cap floor, but they definitely clear that you're giving Fred VanVleet 140 and Dylan Brooks 80. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think either of them are getting that from any other team. Like, yeah, they'll get good contracts, but they're not getting that kind of money. And I think that there's like a stat that like for a certain amount of shooting, they were like the top two worst shooting uh, percentage for a certain amount of like shots taken. And I just think that the offense um is probably going to be a little stagnant and i just think they're kind of in that no man's land they do want to turn that rebuild around a little quick but i think fred van vliet and dylan brooks are going to stunt the growth of some of those people that you might want to have the ball in their hands and uh i i don't think they did awful but that's just a a move i think is kind of concerning so let me comment on both of you guys before i give mine so you're right there is risk with Kyrie, but they did not get him on the four-year max, so they they saved themselves from that. And they he didn't take the absolute max contract either, so the, the, he's he's a tradable asset if they need to. And if you let Kyrie walk, what are you good? Lucas would join Dame as like a uh, and James as disgruntled point guards that want to be traded because like you can't let Kyrie walk after letting. Um, Jalen Brunson walked the year before. Like you can't let that happen. So you ha- yeah, you had you had to have brought him back. And I don't think the deal to bring him back was horrendous. Was it the best? No, but was it horrendous? No. So I th- I think it's a that's solid that th- that's a solid one. Houston, that was my initial thought too. But I mean, look, first off, kudos to Jeff Green. He got paid like uh two years like basically eight million a year or like six million a year for like the next two years so kudos to uh, jeff green getting that money because uh yeah no he deserved it after winning a title um, uncle jeff been around uncle, since forever yeah and i re- remember when he had that hard problem when he was like a young player yeah yeah that was uh, surprising yeah crazy that he's been in the league this long um but no i fred van vliet kudos he got his money and honestly, I don't blame him for leaving the Raptors because that's my team. That's that's the worst team. That's the team that I'm looking at because instead of after losing Fred Van Bleet, 
I would have looked to start rebuilding because, like, honestly, you're not going to replace him. You don't you haven't drafted a guy, a point guard. I mean, unless you think Scotty Barnes can really be that guy as a full time point guard, which I don't think he can. I think he's more of a forward, but that's fine. You got to embrace the rebuild. Trade Pascal Siakam. You might want to trade Ananobi too, and then you double down by signing Dennis Schroeder for like what was it, uh, twenty two million, and then Yaka Pertle for eighty million. Come on, Toronto. They're they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. I I just I, I get that they have all star talent, and I love Pascal Siakam. Wouldn't mind seeing him in Philly if you could flip you know Tobias Harris for him, but. I I just I no I don't want him I, I can't have him he's the reason why Joel Embiid was out and we lost against Miami that dirty hit be. that elbow that was dirty man I don't want hey, I don't want guys be, like that. the reason why we win a title if we get him I don't know but, I think Embiid will be gone at that point oh don't say that I don't want to open up something but I just feel uh, oh, like well that's where it's yeah. headed uh, well. I guess if you want to end on a negative note, yes. Oh, actually, it's up to you what we end on because the next topic is your choice. Uriah's corner, go for it. Oh my, my. Oh, yeah. You get to you get a nice surprise. Yeah, you get to choose the topic. We'll talk. Chris talked about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so please don't do that. (laughs) Why am I not surprised? Although, if I could talk to him, I'd tell him, man, OKC, they're gonna be fun to watch. Uh, they're going to be a problem next year. Trey Mann looks look great in summer league. So so did Jalen Will. Both Jay Jay Will and Jay Dub look good. Chet Holgrim looks like he's going to be a really good uh, you know defensive guy, at least defensively, not if not offensively. Like, oh gosh, they're going to be they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. Hey, I, I got my topic. Uh, okay. Oh, um, topic is is uh, Wembenyana. You saw, okay. I don't know if you watched him play the other night. I watched him play I the whole did. game. I did. It was a little painful at times, not going to lie. So we don't want to overreact, but based on some of the glimpses of greatness, like the passes in the interior, I don't know if you watched those highlights. He didn't shoot very well, but that'll come with time. But what do you guys think? Do you guys think he's rookie day of the year, or do you think someone will, will sneak in like Scoot or the other guys? I mean, I think uh, he's rookie of the year, but I think don't sleep on Chet Holmgren. I'm not trying to get yes. more Thunder time, but I genuinely think he's going to be a serious competitor for rookie of the year. I agree. Yeah, That's I, a good one. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys, too. I think Chet could very – if okay, first off, we have to remember that there are game requirements for this now, guys. They have to play at least 65 games to qualify for these awards. Do we think that Victor or Chet can reach those 65 games with their size and frame? It's a it's a good it's a good conversation, Lucas. Yeah, I don't know. And if they don't, maybe Scoot does, maybe. But he's already had injury issues. So did the, one of the uh, Thompson twins. So if none of them do it, then who? If I don't know. Pick one. If you have to pick one to last longer, I would say Chet because they have so many weapons on that team with OKC at the guard forward position. Uh, they can let him sit or rest. Well, Vembignana, I always mess his name up. Wembignana, uh, he's going to play f- almost 38, 39, maybe not 39 minutes, but 35, 38 minutes because I, he is he is the star attraction. 
You can sit Chet Holmgren and you he could miss a game and everyone in OKC is like, okay, cool. We still got Lou Dort and all the other guys, Isaiah Joe. But you sit Wemby, the NBA will send out memos to, to franchises about sitting players, especially stars. So, yeah, I think Chet would last a little longer. But also, first off, shout out to Greg Popovich getting a five-year extension worth more than Monty's deal now. Kudos to uh, Pop. He needed that. Secondly, um, well, not needed. He deserved that. But also, like, do you honestly think Greg Popovich cares if he sits a guy or not? This is Greg Popovich, the originator of load management. Oh. <laughs> so I don't think they care. Sure. I don't I don't think San Antonio cares one bit if Victor Wembemiana sits or not. If that's in his contract, let's say he gets a million dollars if he wins rookie of the year. You don't think he's going to try and play 65 games? Come on, man. But at the same time, how often do you think that, you know, Tim Duncan wanted to play and wasn't allowed to? So we'll see on that. That being said, I think if I don't think it's going to be Victor's offense is going to be the reason why he wins rookie of the year. But if Chet wins it, it's going to be more of his complete game because he's not going to be the first option, the second option. I mean, heck, he might not even be the third option on that OKC team. You have, look, my projected starting five for that OKC, this is just projected. I could be wrong. You got Shea at the one, Lou Dort at the two, Jalen Williams at the three. Um, what's the, uh, Josh Giddy at the four. And you got Chet at the five. Those are all guys that can do, are not just one-dimensional players. OKC is going to be fun. They're going to be. And, and, and you got to put. They, yeah, and you even gotta, if you decide. Sorry, even if you decide to sit Lou Dort in favor of playing Chet at the four and you can play uh, J-Dub at the four, no, J-Will at the four instead of J-Dub, you know, instead of Lou Dort at the two, like, either way, it's still going to be a problem. Yeah, I remember when Josh Giddy, I had him on my fantasy team and and Chris just found a way to swindle me and I traded him away for whatever bad player hurt my my score each week. But you fool. you don't trade Josh Giddy, you fool. I know, I know. But the uh, the San Antonio matchup against OKC, whenever they play this this season, that's must watch every game. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, then again, we could have a totally like similar scenario that Joel had in 2016, and somebody like like Malcolm Brogdon comes in and wins Rookie of the Year. Wouldn't that be some shenanigans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But well, you're on that, me. Appreciate you coming on. We uh, want you to come on more for sure this summer and definitely during the season. It's always a good time talking to you. Yeah, you guys know your basketball. You guys are doing a great job with your writing and, and everything else. And whatever I can do to support you guys, you know I'm right there. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. And we'll definitely, we'll definitely have you back on in the future. And uh, to all the listeners, we appreciate you. Hope you guys enjoyed your ride back on the podcast. Please head over to our website, Sixer Cents. You can read some great articles that are going up. A lot of speculation, obviously, around James Harden's situation. We'll find out more about Paul Reed tonight. And uh, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Google, Apple Play. Leave us a review if you want to. And until next time, go Sixers.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.